Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the NFL Super Friends here on the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, everything school HQ, all the way over there on the West Coast. The man is just really, really flashing the San Francisco 49ers chain here. It's Mr. Evan Swords of 49ers Hub. Dot com and everywhere else on the social media TikTok star with him and Milo. Evan, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, very not ASMR. as good as Drew Law. Very ASMR-ish, that yeah. intro. You know? I was trying to go for NPR, you know, very calm, <laughs> reserved, not absolutely losing my mind that these fraud-ass Eagles lost again to give mm. the 49ers the one seed. Good to be back, boys. Cowboys go down, then the Eagles go down. It's been a good weekend for Evan Swords, but I will say, before we get, y'all have got to give me one thing. Nope. Before we get uh, into anything else here, if I love the talking, note from Evan real quick. If we're talking about anything involving one of your football teams, I want nothing to do. No, with it's that. actually not a football team of mine. Okay. Uh, I got a lot of flack from JP Acosta, SB Nation, Jared Bailey, USA Today, behind the steel curtain in the pump pick. And Evan Swords of 49ers Hub before the year in our preseason exactly pickup. where he's going with this. I got a lot of grief. I said I didn't see a path to a certain team if a certain quarterback was healthy for the full year, missing the playoffs. I didn't see it. The NFC was pretty open. It's kind of bad. Still enough top-end talent where I was like, I just, the coaching staff's still really good. I, I, I don't know how they don't make the playoffs. And I got a lot of pushback that they are going to be awful. And don't look now, folks, but the Los Angeles Rams are going to make the playoffs and Matt Stafford's the best quarterback in the NFC. This was, I, I want to get, do I get some credit for the Rams no. pick and not going away from no. the Rams pick? I've I'll, been I'll, on I'll, this I'll, all I'll year. Credit. You deserve credit. For you that. absolutely yeah. deserve credit. Absolutely. Credit for that, there are better men than I am. <laughs> you know, you I will say this. You, you deserve better. You deserve credit for it. But there's no world gun to your head that you would have ever in your life bet that the rookies that they have playing as well as they're playing were going to play this well. This was like, kind of like when you go to like the carnival and <laughs> you're playing the little water gun game and you're just right. playing at everything <laughs> and you hit one. They call I, that I, spray and pray. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're spraying and praying. And no, like you for real one. though. For real though, like first and foremost, they're seven and seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like let's chill out a little bit. But they, mean, they really have... legitimately have arguably at one point the best receiver in the NFL in Cooper Cup. And he got injured. And Puka Nakua came in and said, I will literally be exactly what Cooper Cup was in terms of production, except maybe some more. Um and so, Stafford was throwing dimes yesterday. Like oh, Stafford he, was out here Stafford's dealing out of his mind. He's been phenomenal. It's crazy yeah. that we were going from he might retire to this. Like yeah. he's probably comeback player of the year. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. like I don't I like know that. the comeback player of the year, like you don't want it to be Drew Lock. Very, is very thin. <laughs> I mean, still time. the one game. I mean, the pool is very thin, mm. but like we said, Stafford might be the best quarterback in the NFC. Yeah. Hold so on, Evan. His, we'll talk Brock his, Purdy in a second. Uh, Hold on. We'll, we'll talk Brock Purdy in a his, second. And that voice right there, Jared Bailey of USA yeah. Today behind the steel curtain and the pump pick. Jared, good evening, sir. How are you? Hi, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm doing well. Um, 
not as well as Drew Locke is right now, obviously. What yeah. A hell of a game from, from, from Drew Locke. Um, yeah. NFC West rise up. Apparently my goodness. What a, what a time it is to be alive. NFC West kind of spicy all over no, the place. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish that my team was, you know, having a better season. <laughs> it's my birthday this weekend. They're going to let me down. Oh, um, happy early birthday, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. When um, is your birthday? Friday, the 22nd. Oh, my wife is the 24th. I'm oh sorry that yeah. your team is out here losing for the sake of a better draft pick. You have no decency yeah. to accept the, the birthday gift that they're giving you. I, I it's not would, a birthday gift. Have you watched I, the Steelers this year? It's tough. They're not even I, fun bad. They're, they're be, just tough bad. I'd be grateful suck. for it if I knew that they were going to do something of worth in the offseason and make actual changes. But that's not how the Steelers work. So I mean, they're, I'm also, not, not I'm not gonna, they're also not going to be picking like anywhere close to like the top end. well that's what yeah. i was gonna say right now, you know right now they hold the number 16 pick this so is, that's probably as high as they're gonna get like this is just no. every Steelers years like since like 2019 mm-hmm. the, the thing that's crazy though is because it's mike tomlin that like the worst like this seven and seven Steelers team is like more like like a two or three win team anywhere else like mike tomlin is just like dragging them no, no, I mean, he's not. He's dragging them down. He's not dragging them up. My brother, my brother in Christ, you have seven <laughs> wins with maybe the worst no, quarterbacking I'm, I'm, I've ever if, seen in my if life. If Evan gets the floor for a 49ers rant every week, I'm getting the fucking floor for a Mike Tomlin rant right there you now go. because go I am so tired of this goddamn argument. <laughs> Mike Tomlin, this is not the first time we've seen a late season collapse from Mike Tomlin. 2009, the Steelers were six and two. They finished off nine and seven, missed the playoffs. 2012, six and three, finished off eight and eight, missed the playoffs. 2018, seven, two and one, finished nine, six and one, missed the playoffs. 2020, 11 and oh, that's cool. Then they lose four of their last five. And then a wild card game where a bunch of Browns had COVID. Kevin Stefanski wasn't even coaching the game because he had COVID. They lose to the Browns in the wild card. So they lose five of their last six. And then 20, 2023 now, they are. The start of seven and four. They are now seven and seven, losing consecutive games to two two win teams. The first team in NFL history to do such a thing. And then they lose to the Colts, who I mean, I expected them to lose to the Colts. Shane Steichen's done a phenomenal job uh, with, with that unit. But three straight losses now to the Colts. We need to start acknowledging that this thing has very much hit its peak with Mike Tomlin. And hindsight being 2020, it probably did in 2017 when they got a first round bye. And then they overlooked JP's Jacksonville Jaguars. Blake Bortles dropped 45 on them. And they haven't had a playoff win since the year prior to that when they got to the AFC Championship game and then got dismantled by the Patriots. That's the last time that they had a playoff win was 2016. So we need to stop with this. We, We can do two things. As a Steelers fan, I've been doing it. I like Mike Tomlin. And we can completely acknowledge that you know, his accomplishments – are incredible he's one of the best coaches of his era he's going to be in the hall of fame one day but holy hell this thing has hit a wall and for you know whether they want to admit it whether he wants to admit it he doesn't change he's stuck in his ways and his ways don't win you games that matter anymore when you look at the best teams in the nfl it's the chiefs offensive head coach great quarterback it's the eagles offensive minded head coach really good roster good quarterback it's the 49ers great offensive head coach great weapons good quarterback the Dolphins, great, great offensive-minded head coach, good weapons, good quarterback. Mike Tomlin, the defensive head coach, who won a Super Bowl 15 years ago off the strength of a defense and not a very good offense. People don't, don't tend to remember that. The Steelers' offense wasn't great that year. You're not winning like that anymore. You're not winning games that matter like that anymore. And right now, not even right now, the past 
three years, the Mike Tomlin game plan has been, let's hold teams to under 21 points and we'll win the game. Okay, good luck doing that in a playoff game if you make it in Arrowhead. Because guess what? They tried it, and then they got blown out of Arrowhead in 2021 in Ben, no ben Roethlisberger's last playoffs, game. Though. What's that? No one's talking playoffs. What do you mean no one's talking playoffs? I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's like the it's the Steelers have – I think the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, like tandem to get like the, like the worst quarterback, like lineup. If you look at Trubisky, you look at Pickett. That's, yeah, like, that's certainly among it. I think it's sure. the worst. Like, I mean, everything that Tomlin did was with good quarterbacks. I'm, I'm not saying that he's like still, I, I hear you. He's hit a wall, but like, I don't know, man. How much of a Tomlin though is like, I, I wonder Jared, because I think there are some like the grass is always greener, and I, I think you sometimes right. worry about some of these coaches where you want to move on. And I'm obviously Patriots fans are ready to move on from Belichick, and there is the the grass is always greener. You feel good about that, but like I wonder, is there some angst though because you just see how many teams have gotten the next coach wrong and have moved on from that stability that you're like, what if Tomlin got the guy? Like, how much of this is just no, not Tomlin me, messing up the Matt Canada stuff no, and also so. not I having think, a franchise quarterback? I think like, the, perfect, the perfect counterpoint to that is the other side of the state. Like, the Eagles, do you think that yeah. they were probably a little bit nervous when they fired Andy Reid? Yeah. Do you think, in hindsight, they regret it? No, because they played in two Super Bowls. They've won one. Mm. And, you know, and they are a perfect yin to the Steelers' yang in terms of how they are ran. Because the Eagles, they'll look at it and say, okay, what can we do to get better? Let's do it. We'll trade for an A.J. Brown. If we got to make tough decisions, we just paid Carson Wentz a lot of money, but he stinks. We're going to trade him. Uh, can we can we bring in a Kevin Byard? Let's bring in a Kevin Byard. Should we sign a Shaq Leonard? Let's sign a Shaq Leonard. You know, they do things so much to the complete opposite of what the Steelers do, and they're successful because they do things the opposite of what the Steelers do. And it's there's it's living. They are living proof of that. I hate hmm. to be this guy, but. Be that guy. I, th- I think Howie Roseman's a little bit overrated as a general manager. Cool. You draft all the Georgia guys. Everybody would be smart enough to do that. Like, he's not just some mastermind from here. Like, oh, that guy fell to 30. He played at Georgia. Let's just draft him. It's not that hard. Um, the Jalen Carter thing. I think the Eagles get far too much credit. They're like, oh, how did the NFL let these teams pass on Jalen Carter? We all know why. Yeah. Teams draft pass on Jalen Carter. You do not have to do this. Also, Howie Roseman's entire concept of drafting is not drafting. They, he only drafts offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and wide receivers in the first round. And now you're seeing the problems with this Eagles team. You are seeing the direct problems of that. Where are, their, where are the Eagles' biggest problems? Corner, they're old. They can't cover anybody. On the last drive against the Seahawks, they played man down the field and got walked down by Drew Locke. Like, of course, DK Metcalf made superhuman plays, but that's why you signed James Bradbury. That's, but James Bradbury's old. Like, he, they, you are signing aging old stars. Kevin Byer is cool. He is, he is what they – he brings up that floor of that safety room. But they are old. The linebacker room sucks. Like, that is – one of the worst linebacker rooms for a contending team. That's I've been their problem seen. for like a few years now is they don't really have anybody to anchor them. And the reason why is because Howie Roseman thinks linebackers don't matter. But in the modern NFL, off-ball linebackers absolutely matter. They absolutely do. Think about 
Think about what the 49ers like to do. Think about where the 49ers like to target teams over the middle of the field. What do you think they have on the other side of the ball? Linebackers that can prevent that. That is the most valuable part of the field. They want you to they want to force you to make the tough outside the numbers throws. Howie Roseman doesn't have anything to do that. Like you we've we've gotten so deep into off-ball linebackers don't matter that we didn't see that most people did not see the offensive and defensive schematic shift that was coming back around. Like, uh, yeah, you can say off-ball linebackers don't matter until you're playing a 205-pound linebacker and a guard is hitting him in the face every play, or you're trotting out Nick freaking Morrow in 2023. Shaq Leonard is clearly not what he once was. So I think we just give Howard Roseman a little bit too much credit. Let's just, let's just say this real quick, because I've, I've been wanting to say this for a while, and I think it's getting to it. I think right now in this NFL with where the NFL is going with how athletic defensive ends are getting, everyone's going to be trying to do this every year for the rest of our lives. And I don't know how long it's going to take to change, but I think the window to be successful and win a Super Bowl is so small now. And you have to, things have to be so perfectly lined up that like, I don't think there's really going to be a, Oh, this is the, this is the blueprint to win the Super Bowl because like, it's just, it's it, like you could have an elite quarterback now and the NFL is so like defenses are so good. Like defensive ends are so good. Like Trevor Lawrence is one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. The Jaguars will no, come nowhere close to contending for probably a very long time. The bills, like every time the bills get really good, they take a step back right now. They're they've got all the momentum in the world, but like, Look, the 49ers is the best example in the world. The 49ers have had the best roster of the NFL almost exclusively for the last three or four years, and it hasn't been enough. And maybe this year is the year that it is enough. But, like, I just don't know that there's a blueprint anymore. It's so luck. I think the thing with that is when you have a great franchise quarterback, you can't stretch them too thin. Like, I think teams kind of go, oh, we have – we have a franchise quarterback. We can surround him with Joe Schmoes on the offensive line and at the wide receiver spot, and he'll just will us to a championship. But that, I mean, I would say that doesn't happen anymore, but the Chiefs just did it last year. But even then, like the Chiefs receiver room last year was, was I mean, it was much better than what it is now, but – I think they also but that's my point they, though. They last caught, year they last year they were bad and they won the Super Bowl. This year they're worse, but like and it's now the biggest deal in the world. I'm not gonna even say they were good last year. MVS is not tipping the scale for me. They had a bad receiver room last year. The, 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 person that, okay, the person so that tipped the scale was Juju and he's gone. I don't think it was a bad receiver room. I, I don't even think it's like a super good receiver room. I think that I'd was, say it's what, probably similar. It was yeah, comp- it's complimentary. The Chiefs receiver room right now isn't complimentary. They have like three deep threats and four running back receiver types. Right. And mm-hmm. Rasheed Rice. Like that's not gonna do it. That that's not gonna cut it right now. But, like you have but, you gotta be able to find something to kind of tie the in-between game. But let's like let's be more organized about shit talking the Eagles because I want to do it like thoroughly yes. across the yes. board. I don't know if we got to say this on the pod, but I know I got to say it on Twitter. So I want to reiterate and then we could start the conversation about the Eagles from there. We I mean we kind of actually already talked about the Eagles, but last year they played the 49ers in the NFC championship. 
within the first five minutes, quarterback got, got injured. They proceeded to beat the shit out of the 49ers and their other four QBs. They couldn't really do anything. Uh, you, I mean, what are you going to expect? But after that game, they then went on and immediately lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Fans would have you believe that they were the greatest team on earth before and after that loss all offseason. I've never experienced NFL fandom the way I have with the Philadelphia Eagles. I can confidently say they're the worst fan base in any sport that I've ever personally come across. It's insane, especially when you use Twitter. But regardless of that, beat the 49ers with no quarterback, lose in the Super Bowl, go into the offseason thinking they're the best team in the NFL play a bunch of bad teams all year long, play really well, but finally play the 49ers with a quarterback and get dog-walked, then play the Cowboys, who got beat to shit by the 49ers too, and get dog-walked by the Cowboys, and then go in to a very bad, very underwhelming Seattle Seahawks team, and they lose to Drew Locke, their backup quarterback. I'm so just baffled where these Eagles fans get the, the gumption to run around as if their team is not a walking punchline. So to be fair, they did beat the Cowboys. Like they haven't, they didn't get swept by the Cowboys this year. Yeah. They did beat. It was a close did, game though. Sure. It's a but divisional, it's, it's a divisional game it, too. man. It, the, yeah. But my point is if the first game is close, okay, it's a divisional game. And then you get the shit kicked out of you. Sure. But I think the Eagles' problems this year are tied to a couple of things. The first one is Shane Steichen took most of the juice play calling, yeah. and not just most of the juice play calling. It is giving Jalen Hurts a wiser voice in his ear. Like, I think the passing game has been so disjointed for the Eagles this year, not only in the design, but in the execution. You, you don't see a lot of, like, last year, they killed teams with the glance RPOs, you know, where they'd, they'd run that, like, split zone, like, bluff, and then they would have A.J. Brown run, like, a bang eight right behind the linebacker, right in front of the safety. That was littered all over that tape. But now you don't see those anymore. You're missing that portion, and you've turned A.J. Brown into basically just a deep threat receiver. While he's very good at that, A.J. Brown is one of the best receivers after the catch in the NFL. So it feels like the offense has just kind of turtled within, to, within itself, where it's all runs, bubble RPOs, and go routes. And that's not a sustainable way to win games against teams of similar talent. Defensively, um, they got old. And not only did they get old, um, first of all, I don't think Jonathan Gannon was that great. I also don't think Sean Desai was much of an improvement over Jonathan Gannon. But letting Jonathan Gannon walk to hire Sean Desai, to fire Sean Desai, to hire Matt Patricia, or not fire Sean Desai, demote Sean Desai, to promote Matt Patricia is the biggest downgrade I think I've ever seen from a contending team in the middle of a season. Like, it's not like this team is out of it. And they fired their head, their defense I, coordinator. I'm just confused though. Can, can anybody tell me? Did Matt Patricia save this defense? Uh, just does anybody think that Matt Look, Patricia saved the defense? They, they, the Seahawks had a 10 play, 92 yard drive. Oh, uh, by their no, backup quarterback, no Drew Locke. And the Eagles played man the entire drive. No safety help either. Listen, Jake, what are you, you doing? Know, 
You know Drew Locke puts on for his city. He That's tried right. telling you. That's right. He put that shit on. <laughs> Drew, Drew Locke ain't going to do nothing but put that shit on. He put that shit on. He put that shit on. But, look, man, this is what you sign up for when you ask Matt Patricia to lead a defense. I think we kind of looked at the Patriots' Matt Patricia era with rose-tinted glasses, but Matt Patricia led one of the worst Patriots defenses of the Belichick era and got 45 dropped on him in the Super Bowl by uh, Nick Foles, and also almost lost to Blake Bortles and the Jaguars. Like, I think we look He's at that team. thing for mid-white backup quarterbacks. Like, it's a, it's a very concerning trend. So, I just – they have a lot of problems, but these problems have been there all year. It's time for some, like, internalized, like, hey – we can't keep going on like this. We have to incorporate some easy stuff into this offense. We can't play man. Net, don't play man again. I know it's like, I think they they oscillate so much. And I guess it's because Matt Patricia just took over. They oscillate so much between, oh, we're going to play off Vic Fangio style quarters, quarter, quarter, half. And then, oh, we're going to get in your face and run cover one. Like there needs to be a better blend of those things. And also, their secondary is bad this year. Mm. It is bad. Not only because Darius Slay and James Bradbury got old, but again, Howie Roseman, this is the problem when you draft poorly. They haven't drafted a corner in on like the first two days of the draft since I believe 2011. Let me mm. let me check because my friend AJ Schulte has has this has done this research. The Eagles haven't spent a top 100 pick on a corner since 2017. Mm. And before then, it was Eric Rowe in 2015 and then Curtis Marsh in 2011. Mm. That's not going to win you football games. So this is just kind of – it's a mix of everything. But, I mean, you're probably going to get the Buccaneers in the playoffs. So you're going to run in – you're going to run into uh, – San Francisco or Dallas again. So we'll just talk then, I guess. Well, I that mean, leads to the Niners for a second here. Oh, go ahead. Hold Jared. on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jared, go ahead. No, I mean, I think that the the top three teams in the NFC are basically just a let's talk in January because, you know, this, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Eagles, they're all going to have to go through one another. So it'll be. Oh, wow. We'll, we'll I, would, I would. Oh, wow. Be, I would funny. be very. Very concerned if uh, Dallas yeah. has to play Detroit. That is no Detroit too. You that's know what? Always that's, that's a very that has been the one emotion. game that my, I circled as as the Cowboys have played this year because and we'll we're gonna talk about like the Cowboys later, but uh, getting two hundred and seventy six yards dropped on you. Of course, Jonathan Hankins was out, which is a big piece of that. But uh, look, man, you got the Dolphins and the Lions coming up. Yes. That's not a great sign for the run defense. No. Um, well, let's talk Niners real quick here for Mr. Swords. Brock you know Purdy say? playing Before really you good even football. Get into it, yeah. Let me just say, I was literally going to say about the 49ers, I don't even need to talk. I don't even want to say anything. I'd love for you guys, as you know, it's hard for me to accept that they really are a Super Bowl contender since I know nothing with pain. I would really love for you guys to maybe tell me why I shouldn't be worried the 49ers have a good chance to win the Super Bowl. 
win the Super Bowl or just get there? Win, dog. It's not, it's not about getting there. <laughs> dog, it, the 49ers have gotten to the Super Bowl two what? times and have lost both times in my adult life. I am not worried about getting there. Getting there don't matter. At this I point. can't stress this enough. I don't think I saw one Niners won the NFC West job. Good guys tweet. I don't think I saw one. Not that I expect one, but I don't like the Niners fans are like, like I said, I literally said a tweet like weeks, two weeks ago. It would have to be the Eagles. And I was like, I don't want to say it. I know you guys know what I'm saying, but I don't want to say it, but I swear to God. And like, I didn't, I didn't say it. And everyone was like, I know exactly what you're saying, dude. I'm not going to say it either, but I agree. The only reason for concern, if I was a 49ers fan right now, is just health. Like, that's really it. Like, you're going you're gonna to get a – you got the Who's the worst team. AFC matchup? I feel like it's the Ravens for them, if they get the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Yeah, same. probably. Yeah. Because I think – the Ravens defensively match up with the Niners offensively better than yeah. any team that they've played this year so far, mainly because they have two linebackers worth a damn. Yeah. Like if the Niners have the best linebacker in the league, the Ravens have the second best linebacker in the league. Mm. And Patrick Queen is really coming to his own this year. Kyle Hamilton is a beast. And I just don't want to face Lamar. That is such a pain in the ass. Believe me, as a as a t- fan of a team who has seen Mahomes, <laughs> Josh Allen, Lamar, seen the 49ers death machine, who else? Um God, who else have they played this year? Yeah, those are like the four like it's Lamar- crazy the Niners just have to keep playing the best team, like the best possible team in the moment. Like they had to play the Cowboys when they had the best defense and they were on a five-game winning streak. They had to play the Eagles when they were just like at their peak. Now they got to play the fucking Ravens. Like the Niners, I, if they do wait, win what's the, the Super Niners Bowl, remaining schedule? It's the Ravens, then uh who else? They, is Ravens they, Sunday they night, Monday with, night? What is Ravens? Exactly. It goes Ravens, Commanders, Rams. Yeah, they finish the next Rams. Monday night on Christmas. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I didn't wait, know you didn't know Christmas that game. No, I didn't know it was Christmas night. No, so. it's, it's, it's probably, literally all anybody's been talking about all day yes, long. Biggest game of the year. Okay. Um, I just would not want to face Lamar right now. Yeah, that that dude is playing out of his mind. And the I one, saw the outline. I'm kind of going to jump a little bit, but he is so good at making everybody else on the field look stupid. Like, he, I promise you, against the Jaguars, he was not running at full speed. He's never running at full speed in a football game. And he's just so much smoother and quicker. He his pocket movement is phenomenal. Like he doesn't need, it's not like sporadic or like spastic, like Josh Allen, like scrambling out the pocket, or even Mahomes at times. It's more just like a glide. Like he glides mm-hmm. across the field. And then you also add in the fact that he is the most dangerous person with the football in the NFL. Like it's he has become not even become he is instant offense as a quarterback i'll say and i think baltimore is amongst yeah in terms of like the worst matchups for the 49ers i'll say buffalo Hmm. just because of what they've done the past two weeks not just offensively but defensively their depth has flexed their muscles they held kansas city 
to what 17 points and they just held Dallas to 10 27 points to two of the best teams in football and they did they did so against Dallas they, they didn't give up a touchdown against Dallas till garbage time as well by the way and they did that without Micah Hyde they did it without AJ and Vanessa and they've had guys really step up recently like Taylor Rapp had a really nice game yesterday uh uh, their linebackers uh, have stepped up in relief of Matt Milano being gone. Leonard Floyd has had two really good games back to back. He's had a really nice season actually since they brought him over this offseason. So their defense has really stepped up. And against Dallas, Joe Brady, by the way, has been such a godsend as as a, as a play caller. Not just because he's utilizing the middle of the field more and his play calling is more innovative. He's made James Cook not just a role guy. He's made him a prominent figure in the Bills' offense. James Cook has 362 yards of total offense over the past two weeks and three touchdowns. And I don't think that the game plan going into the week was we're just going to run the hell out of the ball. But once, they, but once they realize that, oh, they can't stop this, we're just going to keep doing it, I think that Joe Brady deserves a ton of credit for that because I don't think Ken Dorsey would have. And... There was a lot of talk early on in the season about like even if the Bills were good at running the football, they just don't want to. And they showed against Dallas that they are more than capable of doing it. And they did it in such a like it wasn't just a James Cook game. It was a Spencer Brown game. It was a Mitch Morse game. It was a Deion Dawkins game. Um, and they didn't need like Josh Allen threw for 97 yards and they beat the Dallas Cowboys by three touchdowns. Like that's absurd. And it speaks volumes to how good the offensive line played, how good James cook played and how good the defense played. So if Buffalo gets hot and right now they are hot and they, their next two games on the schedule are the Easton stick led chargers and the new England Patriots before they face Miami for what could be for the division in week 18. I Buffalo is the last team I want, I want to run into right now because obviously they got that, that alien at quarterback and their defense is clicking right now. And again, without Matt Milano, they've had de- dealt with a lot of injuries this year. And maybe that Ty Dunn article is what they needed to give them a kick in the ass because they have played phenomenal since then. So Buffalo is the last team I want to see right now. So my biggest concern with Buffalo, especially in a matchup with the 49ers is they're going to need a non Stefan Diggs receiver to show up to the building because hmm. What the Niners do so well is they they bring the aggression defensively. It's not just they play quarters. They are pressing. They are in your face. And if you can just throw off the timing and force somebody else to win that, then they kind of have you beat because then you're holding the ball longer. And then that defensive line is just going to completely overwhelm you. Um, selfishly, I kind of want to see a Dolphins-Niners matchup. I, oh, I would I love kinda, that. I would I bet every dollar want, I'd ever have in my life if they did that. I kind of want to because I want to see how Mike McDaniel and the offense has grown from the last time that they faced the 49ers. The 49ers kind of blew up the Dolphins' spot last year by just pressing and playing man. But I think Mike McDaniel has found answers for that. I also think I felt I also think they're a lot better at running the ball now. Dude, they're – 21 personnel or 20 personnel with A-chain, A-chan and Mostert is so freaking fun. Yeah, it's Mostert's so, not doing that against the 49ers, though. It's the, uh, so, the, the Dolphin Delorean, so cool. you mean? It's so cool <laughs> because they just throw so much at you with misdirection, and it's just so fun to watch. 
But I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I asked you guys to tell me why the 49ers are gonna win the Super Bowl and gave you an opportunity for me to shut the fuck up. No, 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 stop. (laughs) I let you you in. No, no, shut the fuck up. No, you added on. You added on. I proceeded to hear you then talk about literally every other team on the planet. Question. I also Mm. I was not the what was the first thing I asked. So let me just say. Let me tell you why (laughs) I said it yesterday. I'll say it again because no. If the Niners play the, the the Dolphins, they would shit stomp them. It would not be close. The only teams I'm actually worried about in the NFL right now currently might just be the team that they're playing on Christmas. That really is, to me, the last test. If they play the Eagles, they will destroy them. If they play the Cowboys, they will destroy them. If they play the Rams last week, I don't care. They're going to destroy them. Playing the 49ers is like having a fist fight with a chainsaw. It is it, like... The only way you're going to beat the 49ers at this point is if someone gets injured. That's it. There's so the, they've played every single possible team this year, and the better the team is, the worse they beat them. So I think the Niners are the favorites, and they probably will win the Super, will win the Super Bowl because you never know whose day is going to be offensively. You never know who's going to be the star. So they they just sure Christian McCaffrey's having a slow day. We'll just flex him out to receiver, put Debo in the backfield. It Brandon Ayuk is kind of he's kind of the forgotten man in this offense, and he is one of the better receivers in the he's NFL. He's having a breakoff season, yeah. He's having a great year. George Kittle is like George Kittle's phenomenal. He's always been phenomenal. Um they just they can hit you so many different ways. The part of that, though, that people aren't talking about that I'm surprised because I'm dumb and I never expect myself to be the one leading these conversations. But, like, if you look at the teams that have played the 49ers this year, there have been close games the first two or three quarters. And eventually, teams just lose the energy. They can't keep up anymore. And that's the thing I don't think people quite understand is, like, everyone is, like, looking at these games and being like, oh, well, they played really close and they got kind of – no – they're a they're a chainsaw. It's a fist fight against a chainsaw. And eventually, whether it is Ayuk, whether it is Debo or Kittle, or it's Trent Williams not letting you touch the quarterback once, or Nick Bosa being the guy that you have to block, and then you have Cleveland Farrell, who like he's playing very well this year because that's just what happens. Like they are unstoppable and the only thing that will stop them is the 49ers luck that's it mm. what's I mean, the that'd be a great uniform matchup though dolphins niners we get that that's gonna be pretty they have, like, they have to wear the throwbacks yes it has to be a throwback. Ooh. i think the dolphins niners wearing the throwbacks would be great but the only thing i will say is the niners have an opportunity this year to play one of two teams that have beat them in a super bowl and I think that's way more important than playing the Dolphins. Like, mm. I think a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl matchup after the Niners beat them on Christmas, if that, I think that would be huge. Or if the Niners lose on Christmas, I love the opportunity of seeing a team play with two weeks left in the season and then meeting in the Super Bowl and it being a rematch from 10 years ago. That's not bad. It's a good storyline. It'd be juicy. That'd be a fun, fun battle. And I think you can make the case that's the two best teams in. in and Lamar deserves a Super Bowl chance too. 
No. I have so many memes stored for this game. <laughs> JP's ready. Um, Jarrett, who you got? Flacco or DeVito as a bigger midseason QB surprise for you? This is so stupid. <laughs> uh, I, I got to say, I've really enjoyed the renaissance of Joe Flacco. Um, mm. Coming off his couch, joining Cleveland. And I remember uh, I was watching uh, Chris Long's podcast. It was after his first game. Referee just got signed some, somewhere mm. in the past few weeks. He was talking about how like he ran into Joe somewhere. And he asked him like what his plans were. And Flacco said, I, I kind of want to keep playing. And Chris Long said, really? <laughs> and lo and behold, obviously it happened. Look, he's played really well in the three games that he's played. Now, he did have three picks against the Bears. Um, and I think a lot of that is just the fact that, you know, he's still getting the timing down with Amari Cooper, still getting the timing down with the rest of the receivers and whatnot. A lot of it just look like timing issues with, with the mm. interceptions. Um, and the fact that it didn't phase him. He then proceeded to throw just a hilarious. If you, if you go back and watch the all 22 of this touchdown that he throws to Amari Cooper in a, a window with three bears around him coming in on a, on an inbreaker, it was, I, I watched it. And I literally was like, Joe Flacco, you son of a bitch. Like he doesn't waver. And the arm talent is still there. Um, and now Cleveland has all but locked down a wild card spot. Um, whomever they play in the wild card round, they're not going to be an easy out. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that Flacco has definitely been like the bigger one just because the Browns are in playoff contention. It's the fourth quarterback that they've gone through this season. Kevin Stefanski right now has to be coach of the year, by the way, um, with all mm. the injuries that they've dealt with on both sides of the ball. And the fact that they have nine wins are holding the top wild card spot. They're going to be a playoff team. Um, Flacco's definitely been the more impactful one just because like the Giants are what five and nine right now. DeVito has been like a fun, like meme story, but it's not like he's played great. Like it's more for like the goofy vibes than anything. Why, why people like DeVito so much. Um, I'm kind of over it, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. Oh, boo. I I was over it. I was over it when the family negotiated the visit for made him like charge like 10 grand more. No, like it's Mm. maybe, maybe I'm just a a humbug when it comes to stuff like this, but it's, it's fun. Like it's a cult player. He'll never have to buy a drink in New York again. It's fun. But like, I, he's not great. Like, let's look at his stat line from the the game from last Monday night against green bay like yeah they won and he i guess had a game winning drive but like he didn't play great it was more so joe barry's just a really bad defensive coordinator and then against against the saints i think he got knocked out and then he came back in I, I i'll have to go back and revisit it but he didn't play great the giants still aren't good the more impactful signing has absolutely been flacco because the browns actually have playoff aspirations the more like uh, like vibey signing i guess or the or what's what's the word I'm looking for? Emergence has been defeated just because you know, people like Italian food and doing this apparently. But okay, uh, don't act like hey, Italian don't act like noises. It's don't act don't act like it was. Don't act like it's not fun. Don't you're not like better than that. You're not better than that at all. <laughs> you think you're better than us? I gotta you're... tell you, I have not in the past month since he's taken over a quarterback. I have not once until now done this. So well, yeah, but you don't have to do this to appreciate it. It's respect. Fun. Respect the big ragu. You, yeah. you have no respect, sir. Dog, dog. He is. He now. has a like. You're you're not. You're too young to not love that his agent came out looking the way he did the first night. <laughs> like, and he continues to do it. He, like he came out dressed like um the he was wearing like an all green suit yesterday. He looked like with the, the conquered uh, with the conquered Jordan Elevens. By the way. Yeah. 
incredible I move. I don't know what that is. But he he yes, wished the uh, the Notre Dame logo if he like got a trust fund. Like that that that's what it reminded but me. But that's about. the thing. He didn't even look like a trust fund baby to me. He literally looked like a Reddit edge lord that like just so happened to come <laughs> oh, yeah, up I'm on not, somebody. I'm not dunking no, on him or anything. No, like, no, he no, seems no. like a fun guy. But that's what was part of the charm for me. Like it really looked like a guy that just like lived on Reddit, like found a hundred thousand dollars on the ground, and that was like the first outfit he bought. <laughs> I cannot believe you said you didn't know what the Conquer Eleven's for. I'm not a sneakerhead, man. I'm not either. Wait, I don't know what they are. The, the, the white and bl- the white and black Jordan 11. Oh, is that the what those are? Iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. one of the most iconic Jordans ever. And they're also a, if the, we see it, we sit. We know. Yeah. I would pronounce it Concord. Mm. The only thing I know about it's, Jordans is what they sing about in the song 23, whenever Juicy J says Flu Game 12, Space Jam 11s. That that's that's the extent of my knowledge on like basketball. I, I do shoes. remember they I made have, Space Jam Jordans at I, one point. Did they them. do you know what I'm talking about? The Galaxy? I have they, them. Do you really? Yeah. Those look pretty cool. I remember those back in the day. Yeah. Was it like a decade ago? I mean my, longer uh, than that, dog. Uh, uh, is it really? We're old, Evan. I remember that being those a big release date. Those thing. shoes were literally, I mean, Space Jam came out in like 90, what, 3, 96? Something like but that. I think they did like a, re- yeah, but they, they did like a. They just brought them out again. That yeah. doesn't mean, yeah, that's not, they've re-released them a couple times. Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. I had the I3s was, when I played AAU and everything. Like I was a big uh, Allen Iverson, the zip up um, ones. And then I like the T-Max. And uh, the T-Max junior one. high, I had the uh, the John Wall, like Reebok Zigtex. If you ever say okay. that in junior high you had John Wall shoes again, I will fight you. I am too old. I'm different played. era, Evan. I'm too old to us. be hearing that. I'm too, I, I had, in when I was in junior high, I had, what shoes did I have? I also, oh. junior high must be a, an up north thing. Did y'all call it junior high? We just no, called it middle school. High, middle school, yeah. Yeah, it's middle school. Yeah, it's, it's Do they call it junior high in Pittsburgh? Yeah. I mean that's that's kind of what it's referred to, at least at my school. Like yeah. it was junior yeah, high, I, like seventh and eighth grade. My um, in my like fourth and fifth grade, I think I had the Grant Hills to tell you how old did he, I, I didn't am. know he had a shoe deal. What was Grant Hill's shoes? Hold on. He was wearing Felix, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah, I had the uh, the John Wall, he had like the Reebok Zigtex, and then the next year right, eighth Felix. grade, uh, I got the Derrick Rose Audi Zeros. Um yep. which by the way, a really intricate shoe because like they, they really didn't weigh anything. But bro, they felt I can't even describe what they felt like on my feet. It was it was weird. It was kind of like water makes, shoes on Adidas makes great shoes that look good on your feet, but they are terrible for any sport. Yeah, man. Mm. Like I, I wasn't a fan of like they looked good, but I wasn't a fan of like wearing them too much. But I, mm. I was I grew up a Bulls fan. Derek Rose is my one of my favorite athletes of all time. Actually sitting on my desk right now is a Derek Rose bobblehead. Um so growing up a bulls fan and wearing like i wore number one i had his shoes i did his free throw routine too that was my I, like he banged the back of his head and mm. dribbled it four times spun it i did that everything that derrick rose did i wanted to i wanted to be derrick rose as a 14 year old and uh mm. so i had his shoes and uh once he got traded from chicago i cried and then that was kind of oh. when my love for basketball began to die i want to be mark burnell really yeah, that makes I had that jersey. Oh, I had, yeah, lefty. yeah, that totally tracks, actually. <laughs> I also had the Kerry Collins Panthers jersey. Like, I had, like, I was all in. You yeah. really, that is, yeah, you that just, I, I mean, I don't even have a joke to make about a Kerry Collins jersey because that is the punchline. I had like, a uh, Jamarcus look, man, The guy was a legend. He kept going. Right Good for him. Like, Penn State legend, Kerry Collins. Jamarcus Russell jersey is in my closet right now. Raiders Why? or LSU? Raiders. 
Yeah. Why? Um, one of my closest friends had it actually. I, I can't remember why he had it, but he had a bunch of jerseys at one point. It was popular in Atlanta for a while. I remember seeing a lot of people with the Woodson Raiders jersey and the Russell Raiders jersey. Yeah, I mean the Raiders jerseys are just clean by themselves, but I think he they got are. it. But it's like an official like patch, all that type of stuff. So I don't know how much he paid for it or when he got it. But uh um, JP yeah, is not a fan. It hung <laughs> it I remember it recipes. I hung it in my dorm room. So I had a Johnny Manziel fathead next to a Jamarcus Russell jersey in my freshman year oh my dorm room. God. And, and I remember I posted a picture of it on Twitter and Mike Freeman from USA Today said something about it and like made a joke about it. And that's how uh, that was like my first interaction with Mike Freeman. So hmm. good times, good times. There you go. Um, which naturally brings us to another say, question. That's quite a tangent. I mean, this, this is, hey, it's fun. I'm, I'm about it. Um, buy or sell, JP Acosta, the Chargers should go after a big name like Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick for their next head coach, or they should go a different route and maybe go younger and unproven for their next guy. So I'm going to temporarily sell. Okay. Uh, I don't think that they should go after Jim Harbaugh because I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to leave. I thought he was going to be, if anything, Jim Harbaugh is a Midwestern ass dude. Like he, he is, he is such a Midwestern dude that I doubt he, I mean, he, I doubt he goes to California. I mean, what he is a, he has coached three teams in California. Yeah. I'm, I'm doubting he goes back. I, I would say he's probably more Californian than you think. Mm. Don't let the milk and slash, uh, you know, <laughs> but he is also you. so uniquely like Michigan. And also they're giving him like an extension that he had. That he's gonna I, let back. me just say, I feel like if I feel like it depends on who wins the presidential election. It just <laughs> depends on whether or not he moves. Uh. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be Harbaugh. Um, I don't think it's going to be Belichick either. I, I don't know if Belichick actually like wants to continue coaching. Of course, he wants to get Shula's record, but I don't know if the Chargers are. I mean, of course they have Justin Herbert, but outside of that, that team kind of stinks. Yeah. But I can also see the Chargers' aversion with wanting to go with another young and unproven coach. Mm. Um, I'm still of the belief that maybe Ben Johnson just doesn't want to be a head coach. I think he's very he's really fine. been banging that gavel this year. I really think he's fine just calling up plays and calling up 12 yard digs for Jared Goff <laughs> and just never, ever, 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 ever catching any flack. That's a perfectly fine career to have. Dan yeah, maybe Quinn, he talked to Dick LeBeau a lot in the offseason. He's just say. been spending a lot of time with Dick LeBeau, and Dick's like, look, yeah, man, like, loved, man. loved my time as a DC. Like, I was a legend in Pittsburgh. I did the whole head coaching thing. Let me tell you, people hate you. It's not okay. as fun. You have to worry about the offense. No, just worry Dan about Quinn. one side of the ball. You're going to love it. <laughs> I, I doubt Dan Quinn actually ever had co- gets a head coaching gig again. Not mm. because he doesn't like isn't good at his job, but – he just doesn't want to. Like yeah. that's, head coaching is head coaching kind of sucks. Well, yeah, I so. mean, when- as a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B two B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. 
That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. When you're Dan Quinn, do you ever want to relive that ever again? Yeah, I mean, you never want to do that. Uh, Oh, you don't. No, hold on. Hold on. You don't know what you mean. Let me refresh your memory. In the Super Bowl, the Falcons were 28 to 3, and then they lost uh, to Tom Brady. After decidedly just trying to continue to throw the ball when running the ball. But here's the thing about that. That whole season was so many fun memories. I enjoyed all of it. I miss Kyle Shanahan calling plays for my football team. This year, 10 times worse because every week is pain. And I've logged so many more hours of pain this year versus the little pain that I had for the last game of the season. Yeah, I'll drink to that, buddy. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you. Right? Like, it's way worse doing this every Sunday. I'm like, my family was over on Sunday afternoon, and the rain's happening. The Falcons are falconing. You just were waiting for the bottom to fall out, and then Des throws the ball on a rollout when he all they had to do was run it out and kick a field goal and win, and he throws into double coverage and just throws the game away. And that's in it. Front of, like, in front of 13 people. There were oh. really... That was the smallest turnout of an NFL regular season game. I may have ever seen. And I don't know if that's if they counted that, but it, it looks like crazy. it had to be... It's even better too that they won. That's what was hilarious. Seven was people funny, showed up. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't fun. It's it was a terrible draft pick for you. So overall, Not a draft pick. They're still okay. They're still overall yeah. head coaching wise. I I'm not sure how many coaches actually are. Like I'm not sure if this coaching pool is going to be super great. I mean, the best name available is probably going to be Mike McDonald. And while he is phenomenal, there's just a lot of unprovenness. Like he's only been a deep coordinator for two years in the NFL. And that like, I think the chargers will kind of get scared off by Brandon Staley, you know, also like had like two years calling a defense at the NFL level. So I'm going to temporarily sell on the thought that they go to an, a young innovative mind to spurn, like spurning a experienced name, but it depends on who actually is like, up for a head coaching job this year. I mean, year. Eric Bieniemy like, wouldn't surprise me in LA. I I don't think I think he's getting the commander's job. I think that was part Ooh, of. I don't think so. I think that's, that's actually why of, I thought I was going to say Bill. I think, I think Bill ends up in in DC. I My gut tells me why, this. Yeah. Why the Chiefs? Why he left the Chiefs to go to the Commanders? I think part of partially was I'm going to get this head coaching job as soon as this guy leaves. That's three got, jobs in the NFL that they did that. That's unprecedented because you have I Dennis just, Allen doing that in uh, New Orleans. You have Todd Bowles getting it now in uh, Tampa Bay. And then you promote from then again there. You don't see that very often. Do you guys I, really think that Bill Belichick is going to actually continue to coach? I do think he wants to break Shula's record. I'm going to yeah, bet on him breaking it. I, would, I, would bet I on think him. he wants to, but at the same time, man, that he. I think he's also going to want to be the GM. 
And that's the that's why I would like if I'm the Chargers, I wouldn't want to pursue Belichick because he's been an awful GM for the past four years. And you look at like what their money situation is next year, 58% of their cap is tied up into Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. They still have to extend Rashawn Slater in the next year. Can they get years. rid of those? Like, like they, they can get they can get rid they can of, get of Keenan, right? I think I think Keenan resigns Mike Williams and Joey Bosa are uh cap casualties. Do you think that Joey Bosa signs with the 49ers? <laughs> Don't start this, man. I'm just asking you. <laughs> like, it's not even a Homer thing. Like, it's a listen, it's family. You know, you know how they are. You know how those Bosas are, baby. Nick and Joey hey. Bosa. Nick and Joey Bosa joining forces would be like Homelander teaming up with his son and teasing four of the boys. Right. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um I I way, wonder if this is if this is the job that a coach who hasn't been a coach for a while in the league now comes back and gets like is this the Mike McCarthy hire for Dallas? Mm-hmm. Like this is probably the that's probably what you're going to end up doing. Marvin Lewis, come on down. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I would always stand for Marvin Lewis. Underrated. Marvin Lewis is fine. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have any sort of playoff success, but I mean, he turned around a god awful Bengals franchise. So good for him. And solid for a long time. Yeah, solid for that. Here's the thing. That's what Mike Tomlin's become. That was Marvin Lewis, and I don't want Marvin Lewis, respectfully. So mm. look uh, at me, like, quick, look I, at me okay. all you want like that, JP. That's fine. As a Steelers we, fan, I dealt with what that. What if Marvin team. Lewis had been Roethlisberger for 20 years? Hey, yeah, Carson Palmer for a while. We have to end on yeah. this note. We have to. We have to. I don't. I'm surprised. I feel like you just haven't seen it because I, I can't imagine. Jalen Hurts in the presser after the end of the game says he mentions he doesn't think the team is committed enough right now. When asked that what that means, he says commitment. I don't have a dictionary on me now. Oh, this team is. Uh, there's gonna be a come to Jesus meeting. House of Cards, there's baby. There's gonna be a come to Jesus meeting. Jalen Hurts. All this. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Frauds. Also, the difference between the playoffs between the NFC and the AFC this year is going to be just, I mean, I know where my my eyeballs will be in the January, AFC's and it's going to be every AFC playoff game and really I, nothing in the it, NFC. Isn't it crazy, though, how we like halfway through the season, we were like, wow, you know, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Niners, yeah. like these look like some good teams. And right now it's like the Niners get that first round by the beginning of the playoffs might be. Well, I don't think actually I disagree because I do be think ugly. I think there's some there's some NFC teams that are going to squeak in like the wild card that might actually do some damage because the mm. Eagles are collapsing. I think, I think like I think, I think like the Packers is... could if they can stay alive, but like the Rams, the Rams are going to be fun if they get in, depending on who they play. The Rams, I, think... I don't want to agree with that because I'm you know division rival. Also, I, how great I, would it be for Stafford to beat Detroit? And they're just about to like, say there's a going into Detroit get, and winning a playoff Rams game there, or 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 Detroit beating Stafford. Fuck I man. think. I think this is the year that a seven seed beats a two. Oh, I agree. I think I think this is the uh, we're gonna get the big upset. Because I mean, I think the of, Packers could beat the Eagles. As of right now, the Rams play the Cowboys as Ooh. a seven two seed. The Colts play the Dolphins. Mm. Um, the Vikings play Detroit, which we're gonna see twice Ugh. over the uh, final those portion two, of this. Those season. two teams always play just non. Um, football games too so that would be interesting the Bengals yeah. play kansas city i would be very cautious about that game if i was kansas jake browning's city. not winning a road playoff game in arrowhead 
Hey, Listen, man, they, hey. Didn't, they wrote him off and he didn't write Jake back. Browning, Jake Browning might not win that game, but Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and that defense absolutely can you win you a game in Arrowhead. Because also, shout out to T's before. mom, by the way, on Twitter. That was uh, Oak Ridge stand up. Oh, yeah. She's funny. And then the four or five games are the Eagles going to Tampa and then the Browns going to Jacksonville. So I feel like this is the Ooh. year that there is a 7-2 upset. Browns-Jags will be nasty. If the Bills get in as the 7 seed, like they don't have to win the AFC East, which is looking a little more slim right now just because the Texans pulled off a win with Case Keenum at quarterback and Jake Browning has played well. Um, but in a world where they do get in, if they were to go back to Arrow, like I don't care what seed Buffalo is. I, I don't want to play them if I'm an AFC team. Would you pick that? Who would you pick right now? Quickly, Bills at Miami and a two. If the Bills matchup. get in the playoffs, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. Okay, so you got Bills beat Miami. Would you go that far, JP? Would you pick them over Miami? I think it depends on how healthy Miami is. While, while he thinks let's say they're healthy, they're, they're fully healthy. I am going to pick Miami. Okay, because I but, think Miami. But there's some hesitation there. I think it's Miami's, a nerve-wracking game if you're a Dolphins fan. I think Miami's defense is a lot better than uh, they were at the beginning of the season. Mm. They were a major issue beginning because every Vic Fangio defense starts off slow, and then they put it together. Yeah. I just – when they're healthy, that DB room is so talented. So and talented. There's a situation, too, where, like, so Miami plays Dallas and Baltimore, and if they have – if they enter week 18 with five losses or six losses and Buffalo enters with six losses, well, guess what? Week 18 is for the division. And depending on how seeding works out, Miami's probably going to be the five seed. So we're going to run back Bills Dolphins the very next week and the wild card round. So that's so, what I think is going to happen. And I think that if Buffalo runs a three, like sweeps them three times, that's going to be... That's a big statement, especially in division. So, without controlling, without doing any of the other games, if the Bills win out, or not win out, but it, going into Week 18, if they win the next two games and the Dolphins lose the next two games, that game is for the division, mm -hmm. essentially. But I don't think Miami loses the next two games. I think they split. Well, even if they even if they enter Week 18 with only five losses – if Buffalo wins, that would put Miami at six losses and the Bills would still win the division. But yeah, I'm I think I'm very like it's gonna be early, of course, it's Tuesday, but I think the Dolphins beat Dallas this weekend. Mm. I I think they do. I am just not very encouraged by what I saw from the Cowboys run defense <laughs> and the motion and their uh problems against motion. Guess yeah. what Miami likes to do? When so, is that? That's this Sunday? This is Sunday. Sunday. Is that a four o'clock? Probably. Okay. Let's see. Fun fact about uh, Miami's run game real quick. Four twenty. Most yeah. Cool. Raheem Mostert has uh, 20 rushing touchdowns. The Pittsburgh Steelers have 20 offensive touchdowns. So <laughs> there's that. Jared and I have had the same season, basically. Just basically. hanging around the playoffs. Really bad quarterback play two coaches that we just don't want coaching our team and anymore. Mason, and Mason Rudolph starting against the Bengals. I hope he's probably going to start the final two weeks here. 
I hope that Trace McSorley starts before the season's over as a Penn State homer. I would love nothing more than to for the chaos of that. I'm in. Mm. Give it to me. Your franchise quarterback is not in the concussion protocol with the playoffs on the line. Mm. That's... We'll end on this, fellas. Evan, your MVP is right now. I got to say Brock Purdy just because <laughs> I knew that was going to be Brock Purdy. I mean, like, listen, I, I mean, realistically speaking, I think Trent Williams has done as much for the team as Christian McCaffrey or Brock Purdy has, but he'll never get it. And I think Christian McCaffrey is insane and it's an MVP caliber season. But the fact that every single person all year long has said that Brock Purdy is not really this good. And everything that you've said he can't do, he continues to go out. Like, people will be like, oh, I can't throw the long ball. And then he'll go out and throw four touchdown passes, all like 20 yards each. You know, like, he, he like, you know, they'll say, like, oh, it's his, he's just dink and dunking. And then, like, the next week, he'll have the longest air yards uh, stat. And then, like, oh, well, you know, it's only because it's just like he just has done everything on every level against every challenge. And he keeps, he keeps doing it. I mean, he's beat every team, all the best defenses. He's he's going to be the first quarterback the 49ers have had to throw for 4,000 yards in 20-plus years. It's – it's uh, he's very deserving of it, but so is McCaffrey. Jarrett, who is your MVP as of mine, right now? Mine would be McCaffrey. Uh, leads the NFL in rushing yards, has 57 additional catches for seven more touchdowns. He's got 20 touch 20 touchdowns on the year, I think is the number. 20, yeah. Um, yeah, he's you're – You're absolutely just saying that because you don't want to give it to, to Birdie. I don't think that he, because uh, I think McCaffrey's the more valuable player on the team. So I, I just don't mm. think that Purdy. And again, I'm not on the like on the wagon that all oh, Purdy stinks. No, I, he's a good quarterback. I'm not taking that away from him. Um, uh, ben Solak did a really good breakdown of it last week in the play sheet, um, where uh, the play that he broke down, uh, George Kittle ran like a skinny post, and the uh, the Seahawks linebackers took care of it. So he just he dumped it to to Debo. Um, it was like a seven yard completion. It was anything crazy, but his point was he paused it at that point and he's like, okay, now guess how many yards Debo Samuel gets here. And he's like, you think nine, 10, no Debo got 30. So I'm not, again, I'm not saying Brock Purdy's a bad quarterback. I think Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, but I don't think that he can get the MVP when he's not the most valuable guy on his team. So I would give it to McCaffrey personally. Um, I think that what he's done, he's absolutely the nucleus of that offense. Um, and the 49ers aren't in the position they are without Christian McCaffrey. So I think that this should be the first year, as of right now, that a non-quarterback should win, and it should be McCaffrey just because he's he's done everything and more for San Francisco so far. All right, JP. I know, I know who JP's going to say, and I'm fine with, with his pick as well. Lamar motherfucking Jackson. I'm okay with yeah. that. I'm okay with that too. Of the league. So, uh, also going to reference Ben Solak here. Lamar Jackson's on pace for 3,770 passing yards and 900 rushing yards on the season. Mm. Lamar Jackson's going to be the only quarterback to ever do that. He's going to be the only player to do that. Also, I think we, uh, we kind of don't understand how much Lamar like carries on his shoulders when it comes to the run game. J.K. Dobbins gone for the year. Keaton Mitchell gone for the year. Gus Edwards been in and out of the lineup. Justice Hill is a third down back. Lamar Jackson is that offense. 
I think you're going to look at the advanced numbers like EPA and like, that's cool. When you watch Lamar Jackson, that is an MVP. Like he is playing his best football better than when he was the unanimous MVP. So, and also the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. So I really do think the MVP is going to be decided on Christmas. Like that game is basically going to decide who wins MVP. But right now, I picked Lamar in the preseason. I have no reason to not pick Lamar now. Look, again, as someone whose team has seen Lamar, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar is right up there with Mahomes. That dude just, that dude is different. The dude moves different. He made made so many of our defensive linemen look so stupid. He made so many of our defenders look stupid. And he's not even, like, running full speed. Like, if you watch him, he's very clearly just, like, moving at, like, 80%, maybe. Because he's so good at not taking a massive crushing hit. Where he's just kind of like, oh, I'll just go down now. Like, I don't have to do this, but I'm just going to go down. So that, when you watch him, he moves. That is an MVP player. I like it. Um, I'll say for me, there's a lot of good choices this year. I, I kind of struggle there because like McCaffrey, you can make the case, but I think it depends on how these final two weeks go. Like if the dolphins get the first, if they can, if they sneak into the number one seed, I think Tyree kill has a really good case for MVP. I think for Tyree to win, he has to break 2K. Okay. Or at least come very close to it, like 19. I mean, 90. I mean Calvin Johnson Calvin Johnson has 1,984 yards. That's a single-season mm. record. You got to get that. Yeah. He is, I think, 458 yards away from 2,000. Yeah, which not, means not playing would, against the Jets definitely hurt that. He needs 153 yards each game over the mm. next three games to do that, which is certainly possible. I mean, with yeah. the amount of man coverage the Cowboys play – and the boomer bust ability of Deron Bland, who uh, I'll say I'll say this this too, and that's fine. I know that everybody's gonna you know say that you know Jared doing his typical thing again, but uh, Bills went out and getting the playoffs. Uh, Joshua Patrick Allen should be in the conversation. Mm. No, no, too many, too many, no, too many tough games this year. They played bad in. Mm. I don't know, Miles Garrett still kind of in there, maybe a little bit. I think Miles Garrett is defensive player of the year, okay. but yeah. I think the shoulder injury plus like Joe Flacco actually being good kind of yeah. hurts his MVP case. Yeah. Because I didn't know if that would help his narrative. Like if they get in the playoffs with Flacco and all the different quarterbacks they've had playing and it's like, because the defense has been so dominant, it, it they probably have to win the division. It would have if they were winning games like nine, six, mm. but Joe Flacco's out here putting up 38 <laughs> points. Yeah. Like I can I just got to say, I'm really, I'm not, I don't know if I'm like Lamar to me is the only quarterback other than Purdy that's deserving this year. Like I understand that the Niners have a stacked roster, but like it's crazy to me seeing Josh Allen have only eight wins right now, seeing where Trevor Lawrence is at right now. Like these elite quarterbacks are not able to carry the load and Hey, maybe they never should have been in the first place. Maybe teams should have been more balanced, but like, I want my elite quarterbacks to be elite. 
Eight two, wins is not elite. To be Jesus fair, Christ. Okay, <laughs> JP, go no ahead. To be fair, before I snap, I guess I will defend my franchise quarterback first. Um, I think we massively overrated the Jaguars roster in the offseason, mm. um, especially the past. No, defense. you guys don't get to do this. You don't get no. To but do- let let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Because I was one of those people who massively overrated the Jaguars roster. Um, <laughs> swear to God, dude. This team is. They were massively underrated, underrated last year when they were playing well, and they're massively over, overrated this year. They're playing bad. They weren't massively underrated last year. Yeah, I they were. Christian Kirk, man, look how good he's playing. That's not being underrated. That's just being good. Yeah, it's <laughs> just acknowledging that he's playing well. Christian Kirk is not a. He's not. He's he's a very jag. He's just another guy. Christian, there was a reason oh, why we were all okay. hyped about that contract. Just sure. another guy. Sure, man. Uh, all right, I'm not even going to get into that. But the entire offense is built on like Trevor Lawrence getting this offense out of bad situations with an offensive line that has you and I playing on it right now, and with Christian Kirk, who is a very good receiver on the sidelines. Calvin Ridley just hasn't been. Again, that's been the biggest thing for them is like Calvin really hasn't been that alpha one that they thought he would be. Again, the 49ers and Brock Purdy have had some of the worst offensive line play of any winning team all year long. Like they they have. It's the statistically some of the worst outside of Trent Williams. The team has had really bad offensive line play all year. That's Googleable. You can he has like one of the one of the highest pressure rates of any quarterback. So uh San Francisco is currently eighth in the NFL in pass block win rate, according to uh Yes, right now Feliciano came in at the end of this like the last few games and has played really well since. Before that, like look at the actual games throughout the year. The Jacksonville Jaguars are 30th. And pass block win rate. Yeah, not great. <laughs> like this, this, this team sucks up front. But <laughs> I think getting getting that team to eight wins, like it's not an MVP, like it's not MVP caliber. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is an MVP caliber player this year, but them getting the eight wins pretty good. It's not what you expected. It's pretty good. And they're still they still have a good shot to win a division. Yeah. Make the playoffs. Um, when it comes to Josh Allen, I, allow I, me to to really you know sure. defend Go Josh ahead. Allen real quick. Go so, ahead, the guy who leads the NFL in total touchdowns, total offensive yards. That's impressive to do, considering the fact that outside of Stephon Diggs, his receivers are Trent Sherfield, Khalil Shakir, um, who the hell is Deontay Hardy. Um, they fired their offensive coordinator midseason because the offense just wasn't working. He was expected to do everything. Now. You know, you get, okay, James Cook's finally being affiliated and they're playing better overall. Um, Josh Allen didn't have 12 guys on the field against Denver. That's a win if Sean McDermott and the rest of the team doesn't have that that mental lapse. Josh Allen didn't let Mac Jones drive down the field in the last drive of the game after he put them up with less than two minutes left. Josh Allen didn't tuck his tail and go to overtime against the Philadelphia Eagles or let the Eagles tie the game after he put them up with less than two minutes left. If the Bills just hold on to those games, they're 
an eleven win team right now. Josh Wait, Allen can control. I'm not, you're, you're missing the point though. I'm. I think Josh Allen's a fantastic quarterback. Like oh yeah, I didn't Niners, say that. You didn't think if that. the if the Niners had Josh Allen, they would be probably undefeated right now. That's not sure. my point. My point is, is he? I just shouldn't be a part of the MVP conversation. That's at all. Fine. Like, yeah, I can hear that argument. I'm. My yeah. point is that if they win out and he continues putting up the numbers that he is, he should at least be in the conversation. I, I don't think he would win it, but I think it'd be like, oh, okay, Josh yeah. Allen, maybe, maybe in there. Yeah, I, I mean, for get votes. I don't. I think. Why yeah, would he, but why? Would why would he get votes over Lamar or Josh? Not, not like first or place Josh, votes, but like he would get, you know, he's second, getting, third place. He's getting a. Sort. He's getting votes. I'm not saying he's sure. getting first place votes. He's gonna get votes. Yeah. yeah. And like when you look and sticking the AC South, like I think what CJ Stroud has done to this point in the season with like coming into the season, his leading receiver was Nico Collins, who had a career high of 37 catches last year, helping that team get to eight wins where they are now. He doesn't have Tank Dell anymore. He's going to have to figure out that for, for the final few weeks of the year. Uh, I think what doing is going to sound like I'm discrediting, so forgive me, but like what CJ Stroud has done to me is more impressive than what Purdy's done. So because he's doing more with a lot less. I wouldn't say he's doing more with a lot less. They've got their offensive weapons are playing very well this year. Noah Brown. You're telling, you're telling me that you take Noah Brown over Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk or any. No, any I'm, but guys. I'm no, but they're, they're first. Like this is Nico Collins, first year on like a serviceable team. This is Noah Brown's like, like I'm saying, these are young guys. Like you can't compare them to established, like elite players. But they're not. But they're they're going they're going to continue to play well. Like I I have a feeling that they're going to have a really good team next year because of those players. Also, as a whole, I think the Texans' offensive line might be better than San Francisco's this year. Probably is because Laramie Tunzel is very good, just as good as Trent Williams. I mean. And then he did, Titus, they did just lose. They, they lost Howard for the year with that. Titus Howard played very well. Shaq Mason has been phenomenal at right guard. Um, and this isn't to discredit Brock Purdy at all. I've written about how Brock Purdy has played. He has improved, and he has also been a drastic difference in what the 49ers offense has had and what they needed at quarterback. I think he is going to get a lot of votes for MVP. Mm-hmm. But I also think he's going to split votes with Christian McCaffrey because that's just the nature of that's just the nature of the beast, you know. Like he's he's going to end up splitting votes with a guy who has like what? How many touchdowns this year? Twenty. He's got twenty touchdowns this year. Thirteen on the ground, seven receiving. Jesus Christ! Yeah, he's going to end up splitting <laughs> votes with a guy who has twenty touchdowns this year. That's just that's what it is, you know. Like. With Lamar, he's not splitting with anybody. Like that is the offense is Lamar. And and you know I, I kind of got um, like earlier in the year like comparing Lamar to to Josh Allen and whatnot. The uh, like when the Ravens get inside the one, it's been a lot of okay. Here's Gus Edwards. Okay, here's Justice Hill running for a yard. But like it was you know Lamar getting them down there. So he might not not have the gaudy touchdown numbers, but he's you know. A very the, the biggest reason why they are in that position in the first place. Look at the look at the uh, Twitter DM that I just sent you guys. This is a month ago. And this is a month ago. Pass uh what's it called? Offensive line grades and true pass sets. Oh. 
This is great audio, by the way. I'm sure for all these podcasts. Oh, right, so, so I mean, yeah, well, I don't think that, but this late into the pod, there's going to be like two people listening. Uh, Not true. But, but yeah, Not I true. mean, just statistically, <laughs> the, the 49ers were ranked 26th in the league. It wasn't mm. until Feliciano, like I mentioned this last month, really came in and has played very well. But my point is going up until this was November 14th, Brock Purdy had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL in true pass situations. Mm. Is that all that also takes to account though, Trent Williams? Yeah, it does. Okay. It, just, that's that's why they're not last. <laughs> I just again, it's gonna be hard to win MVP when the other guy on your team also has 20 touchdowns and is playing the best football of his career. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I'm not going to argue McCaffrey. I think the best example of of why I think it should be McCaffrey more is against the Cardinals. uh, I think it was a second touchdown. He catches it downfield with nobody within like 30 yards of him. Like good for Brock Purdy for making sure that it got there. It was a deep ball downfield, but there's nobody within, you know, a 15 yard, circumference of christian mccaffrey who then stood up made himself a sandwich did his taxes before he ran into the end zone like purdy is excelling in this in the system and kudos for him he's better than the previous guy and the previous guy um but i i don't think that he's the most valuable guy on on the offense jp acosta what can the good books check out from you over at sbnation.com this week got a pretty cool story coming out tomorrow uh Kind of a my, I once a year I try and do an in depth like film scheme piece just a, on the general landscape of the NFL. So that's going to be coming out tomorrow. Um, establish the fun every Friday because football is fun. We're establishing that. Um, also, just follow me Twitter, follow me on Threads, see what I'm doing, watch some film with me. It's pretty fun. There you go, Jared Bailey. What about you and all the stuff you got going on at Behind the Steel Curtain USA today? the pump fake and everywhere else right now. I did a piece on the chargers actually today of why, you know, fans are, you know, having images of, you know, Ben Johnson and Bobby slow dancing in their heads on Christmas season. But this is a, a franchise that is a lot more baggage than it is beauty. And I think it's going to take a lot more than Justin Herbert to lure somebody in. So I did a piece on that kind of breaking down what their money looks like right now, going into 2024, what it could look into, like in 2025, once that contract extension does hit, for Herbert, so you know, it's going to be hard to lure somebody really noteworthy to Los Angeles simply because of that. So I wrote about that power rankings as well. Uh, they'll be out by the time that this podcast is up uh, on USA Today. Um, behind the steel curtain, all the Steelers stuff, um, talking about how Rashard Mendenhall wants to you know, uh, not stop listening to white people talk about football and have a white versus black Pro Bowl, which Will Compton, by the way, broke down incredibly today. I don't know if anybody saw that. Just uh, like to say, Patrick Mahomes uses uses ketchup on steak. We call him. We call no, 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 no. His dad, black as hell. I don't. He, ma- I don't care. He, he uses ketchup is, on steak. We call him. Is, I call all, this. He's all time quarterback. He can play quarterback for both teams. JP, I'm That's telling you right now. Actually. I'm saying. I am saying this with my chest. If your quarterback sounds like Kermit the Frog and puts ketchup ketchup on steak. We get him. Have you seen his hair? That don't look like none of y'all hair. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I'm team. I'm team. Mahomes is on. You know what? The you know what's funny team. that you say that. You just said that. 
What? That's my best friend. He just sent me that photo today. If he grew his hair out, they have the same hair. That's not. That's fake hair. That is. <laughs> that is Rogaine material. No man, no, I'm telling um, you, dude. Patrick Mahomes is ours. See, I thought Rashard Mendenhall Hall was talking about doing a Pro Bowl between black football analysts and white football analysts. Oh, which no, in that case, so. no. Which in that case, y'all are getting smoked. Oh yeah, I don't of course. Know, man. Well, actually, yeah, probably. Yeah. Because well, well, let's see, Orlovsky's our quarterback, right? Our Hasselbeck. No, Steve Young. Steve, uh, where's Steve Young at right now? Are Steve you talking Young's, about like right now? Steve Young's like sixty. I would oh, take Orlovsky right now. Right now, probably Orlovsky. Yeah, I would but take yeah, Orlovsky. I mean, but that's, who cares about that? I thought he was just talking I mean, about the most important I mean, position I, on the I field. Play. I think he was yeah. talking about whites versus blacks. Jared, I'm sorry, you're getting cooked. You, Here's the thing, JP. I'm cooked. locking your ass down. How tall are you, JP? I'm six two. All right, I'm gonna. I'm not covering JP in this game. Where are you going with that? He's going. He's going to. He's going to pancake you. Think you were going to do? I, that. I don't know why I asked. Like I've seen you in person, and you are taller than me. So Wait, JP. Probably... How, JP, how much do you weigh? I'm right now two sixty eight. Oh, I'm fucking running so fast past you. You will never touch me. We're running zone coverage, baby. I'm, yeah, dog. I'm, the, cover, I'm the cover two flat defender. Hold on, Evan. I've seen yeah. your knees I'm... right now. You got? Are, are we sure? <laughs> What are you talking about? I need, I'm in the best shape of my life. What are you talking about? Yeah, that doesn't. You can be in great shape, and your knees can still be. A little, name, that, was a, that, was o- that was over a year ago. I'm great. Doesn't now. matter. You haven't done those kind of sprint. Uh, those kind of sprints, they pop back up, I'm, man. You gotta I'm be careful with zone. our age. I'm playing zone coverage, baby. I am. I'm not, I don't need lateral quickness. I'm just going. I'm <laughs> just, I'm Evan's like Mike flat. Allstott. He's the Mike Allstott for this team. We're bringing no, the fullback back. Crazy. No way. You, I'm a tight end. I'm 6'1", I, I'm I can six one almost you that, 200 pounds. Uh, that team white NFL media members are playing strictly zone coverage and dropping eight. We are not. We are not risking anything. <laughs> yeah, like Dalton Miller might be able to do something on the outside. Are we? Dalton, can he be Dalton our Jason Seahorn? He, he he might be able to be like our our Jason Seahorn because he's 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 shredded. I don't yeah. know of any. What are we putting Solak? I think Solak might. Wait, be hold on. Coach. Wait, hold on a second. Wait, if yeah. you guys if you guys think Dalton Miller's shredded, Dalton Miller's stacked, bro. Yeah. Why am I not? Why are you? Why am I not getting talked about like that? I've just seen. I've heard about the knees. <laughs> I, I want coming for your knees. I, I haven't think, heard anything about your. Knees. I don't think Dalton Miller's too like shredded. You know, like, I've I seen him shirtless recently. Bro's packing. I'm pretty Ass. sure I. That sounded, that, that sounded. Let me let me rephrase. <laughs> he's, he's got, got a big, he's got a lot of. He's got a big abs. He's, he's got, got a huge dick. Massive abs. Hey, Dalton I'm, Miller, you are treading on thin ice. Don Dalton Miller can't are. run the forty because he's he's dragging a hog the whole time. That Y'all massive hog. Remember Chris Jones? At I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't Being believe. weighed down by that rhinoceros I, horn. I cannot believe you said that. I, I couldn't have. I couldn't have. Uh, I, I probably should have. You know what's great? You know what's great? We're talking Dalton, about somebody's Dalton, gonna send no, this to Dalton Miller too, no, and he's gonna no, be. No, I'm gonna get a no, DM hold tomorrow. No, hold on, like, I need you guys to understand something. Within the last 24 hours, four podcasters have talked about Dalton Miller's Johnson. While he also just had the, a brand new child, he was he holding a child. brand new baby on the same day that we were talking about Dalton's Jeez, big giant face. Or that poor wife of his. Well, aside from Dalton Miller and his massive Johnson, I don't know who 
Ben Solak's going to be team white coach. I'm going, dude. I I will use I'll use Ben Solak as a as a baseball bat. I, I will just how... swing, swing him at people. Solak's about my my height, so we're Wait, both no way. guys. Wait, what, you're probably what five eight? I thought he was like five six, five seven. Yeah, yeah, he's around there. I'm five eight. He's around my height. Okay, I thought you were gonna say you were five six. I'm like, you're not five six. I I don't care. We got DJ the enemy on the squad. That's oh, yeah. yeah. I just, mm-hmm. I, I just did he do track? Yeah, track. yeah that's not rare. Listen, hold on. I decided DJ on the pump fake. So I just want to say, I just want to say, if if we're talking analysts. It's over before it starts. <laughs> it's over before it starts. It's going to be no. We're running the triple. We're gonna keep this low scoring. We're gonna we're gonna do what we need I don't to do. Think you want to do that either? We uh, You want to run the triple option? <laughs> Is Swagu playing in this? Oh my god. <laughs> I, Eric, Eric, Eric Crocker is going to spear. <laughs> oh, we got Crocky too. Crocky is still y'all, game shape. Y'all are so cooked. I will be on. I will be running away. I, uh, <laughs> I stayed with Croc last year when we were in Mobile, and just like walking next to him, I was pissed. I, I, I didn't want to be near him in public. He just made me look like such an inferior man. I gotta and say, so, you guys, are, you guys clearly don't understand, but I am pretty jacked right now mm-hmm. and even still when i was next to croc at the uh niners like fan thing like we were talking to each other we took a picture together i'm six one i'm a big boy and he is so much bigger than me <laughs> like and he's only six two so he's like only an inch but he was just like big boy no, croc, croc is still in like i feel like croc just has something to prove all the time like he doesn't want to ever be out of game shape so he yeah. like if one of like the kids that he trained at his gym or whatnot said I could beat you. He could always say, no, the fuck you can't. So, yeah, I think yeah. he's just one of those guys that just really likes working out. And once he stopped playing football, he's like, now I can really lift. I'm whatever you know? the opposite. I'm whatever the opposite of that is. I enjoy <sighs> sitting with coffee and watching cartoons while I do my columns and just I'm content being the just the skinny, skinny guy, you know? I uh, I graduated uh, next to Jacob Warren, who's been the starting tight end for Tennessee the last three years, and we walked together uh, last uh, almost exactly a year ago today. Um, and I made a joke with him when we were walking out of there, and I was like, "Hey, Jacob, I need you to move a couple steps up. I need you to walk with somebody else. I got family, and my wife's here. I need you." And it cracked him up because he's huge, like he's just a tight NFL tight end. But I'm like, I'm five eleven, and this man's six six, six five, tied in, and he's just gigantic. Like he's just a gigantic dude. And I'm like, man, you make me look very, very small. I need you to walk somewhere else, Jacob. Like, look at this. Look at this. I'm yeah, six, that's crazy. I'm six one and like one ninety one, one ninety two. There. Mm. Yeah, he's just a big boy. When I was in high school, we did a seven on seven tournament, and at that same tournament was uh, Brian Robinson. Mm. Oh say, when you know a dude's gonna make it in the NFL, you know, like yeah. the dude's huge, and he was a running back, like it was insane. I saw Michael. Just some guys you see up close, like Walter Nolan over there at Powell. I saw him up close. Who's now um, gonna either be at Georgia or Ole Miss? Defensive tackle, five star kid. There's some dudes you see. I saw um, Robert Kimdichie up close oh when he God. was at our rival high school at Grayson. Their reason was a running back and goal line situation. Like Kimdichie was like 
and I'm talking like 16 year old Kim Dichie was How gigantic. Robert Kim Dichie like was six, three, gigantic. Six, yeah, he's like six three, six four, but he's yeah. like a shredded two. Yes. By the way, real quick, Jalen Hurts hasn't thrown a touchdown in three games. Mm. That doesn't feel. 638 passing yards, two interceptions, 71 pass rate. Yeah, because they didn't they didn't score an offensive touchdown against Dallas. Um hey, I don't I gotta get off. I'm I have the most nasty head cold right now. I'm gonna die. I gotta I gotta Well, there on. we go. JP Acosta, Love you guys. Jared Bailey, Evan Swords. Thank you guys as always. A blast. Glad we we're back this week. And uh I will talk to y'all again very soon. <laughs> Miss you guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.